0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network.
1: And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all for joining us here on this Wednesday evening or if you're checking us out on one of your favorite places to catch podcasts. It's been a busy week in sports and it's only going to get better as well. January is busy and it continues to be that way. It is DJ joined as always. By my co-host Kelsey, you know Kelsey. I think the best way to describe this last week would just be wild. We'll just keep. If we had to do one word, it, it is wild.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I actually won money on a bet. If that tells you anything, well, money on sixty-four bets, but still, yeah. we're not going to talk about how many bets it took to win the money. But I won the money finally.
1: Uh, Doesn't anymore. matter what you got there; it's that you got there, which that's all you need to know as well. So it's we got a wild card weekend. We got a bit. Ba- we got a relatively big name, an all-star player on the move in the NBA. We got some blowouts. We got some worse than blowouts, it feels like, as well. We got some close games. And finally, the wait is over. We've been waiting almost 10 years for it, and it's finally happened. Rock can tell you what, though. Y'all have to wait just to find out exactly what that is. But me and Kelsey are absolutely excited. We have waited a decade for this, and it is finally here, and we're going to get to that sooner than later. But I'm excited.
0: Uh, pumped. Um, Might get some content out of that, too. So we'll have to wait and see. But, that, um, yeah, cannot wait to talk about that part of it.
1: A spoiler. You might include us yelling about it. It might include a little bit of rage. So you know, there's oh, a lot there's, of rage, almost, almost a guarantee as well, too. But you know, we got a lot to get to. So without any ado, here we go. Time to get to the first first segment. That is the tip off. Of course, brought to you by SeatGeek. Go ahead and use code Bella Sports for twenty dollars off your first set of tickets to anything but Cowboys games. To so once again, use code Bella Sports for twenty dollars off your first set of tickets, whether it is sports, concerts, anything along those lines, and. You know what, Kelsey? I think we kind of got to touch on the sad part of things. A beloved podcaster has quit his potentially quitting his day job. That is, and that's not talking about us either. As well, too, uh, we appreciate y'all tuning, but we need more of you to do that. But Jason Kelsey appears like he might be retiring. Nothing he said on his own show that it's not 100 percent for sure yet, but it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck. It just hasn't started quacking like that. But it looks like this might be Jason Kelsey's last game. Was that game in Tampa Bay? And we agree, first ballot Hall of Famer easily pretty much as well too, and on top of it, just outstanding player and absolutely hilarious on top of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, way too many tears have were shed on that show uh, between him and Travis to not think he's retiring. Um, also, I, I kind of saw it in his eyes when you were look, watched the game uh, on, you know, on Monday, you just kind of looked at it and it was like, mm, he's, he looks like he's like shaking his head. Like, man, I can't keep doing this. This is, much and I imagine playing against Vita Veya might do that to some folks, even younger players. But let alone Jason Kelsey, who's been at the top of his game for 13 years now. Um, I mean, obviously he wasn't always the best center in the league, but he's like fine wine. He's just gotten better with age. Six Pro Bowls, and if I'm not mistaken, all six have come in the last 10 years.
1: I think so. I think seven Pro Bowls, even at six All Pros, if I'm not mistaken. Like yeah. ew, absolutely asinine, no matter what way you slice yeah.
0: it. And one of one of the best centers we've seen in the game. In recent memory, I mean, it really kind of went. You had Jeff Saturday years, and then as Jeff Saturday started to tell off um, before he ended up in Denver, um, it was you started seeing Jason Kelsey kind of take over that role as the best center in the league, uh, and and he's really held on to that mantle for a long time. Part of that fantastic offensive line for the Eagles that is, you know, made me rue playing the Eagles, literally. Twice a year, I hate it every year because it's like, well, okay, we have a great pass rush this year. Yeah, but you got to go against that offensive line. Like, well, really, really, Jason, um, a guy who's done everything. You know, helped out a lot of different quarterbacks. Um, had a lot of different coaches. Let's not forget that he was drafted by Andy Reid, which means he played under Chip Kelly and D- uh, Dougie P. And now Nick Sirianni. And I feel like I'm missing somebody in between.
1: But nope. Yeah. I think you got all of them. I think I think I think you covered all of them pretty well, but. On top of that, too, he also got Travis into the NFL with all the things he did for him, too. So not only being arguably one of the best centers, you got he's the reason arguably one of the best tight ends of all time is in the NFL. And Mama Kelsey has something to do with that, too. But that's a different that's a different scenario. But I always remember that how athletic he is as a center, his ability to climb, not just sit there and basically punch Vita Vea, and that's the end of the play. He's blocking Vita Vea and then he's climbing to linebackers, chasing safeties, close lining corners, whatever needs to be done. He made. When Jalen and that offense was so good outside of the touch-push last year, not this last year when all they did was run the touch-push, but the year before that, they were so good with those quarterback runs, those Miles Sanders getting into a Pro Bowl because he, he was taking out the D-tackle then moving on to the linebacker's safety. He was able to accentuate those breakaway runs and make it easier for them to get chunk play. So I'm always going to remember how he climbed. Their screen game with him and Lane Johnson, a former quarterback slash tight end Lane Johnson, it was just stupid how well they used to be able to run screens. Not so much this year considering – had negative 29 yards on the season on 600 screenplays. Dumbest stat I've ever seen. But before that, before this year when their offense wasn't basically a chat GPT version of last year's offense, it was <laughs> it was absolutely outstanding. So I'm just going to say I always remember his athletic ability and ability to really open up the playbook from a center perspective, which is a very unusual sentence to say.
0: Yeah, people forget when he was uh, in high school and into in college, he was a linebacker, and he played as a center in hockey. Um actually had her was an all-county player in hockey uh, in his high school days. so talk about a guy who was skilled. I mean like not just just talented, but like he's also athletic, like you said um really redefined the athleticism needed to play center in the modern era because it was no longer the Jeff Saturdays where you had a a guy who just snaps the ball, punches a guy, calls out a co- occasional blitzes, which was at that time already just re-, re rewriting what centers needed to do. but now he called out blitzes. he assigned different, uh, blocking schemes. He even slid lines at times depending on the quarterback. I mean, he helped with the maturation of five different quarterbacks in ter- certain times here in the, in the process. And yeah, I mean, you talk about some of the greats that have rolled through there with him on, as the center and well, potential greats, but you also talk about some of the bums that have rolled through there and he's handled them all well and, and actually probably gave some of them their best career years. So yeah, Jason, what, what Jason Kelsey has been able to do has been nothing sort of amazing. Um, for that Eagles team, just kind of keeping them together. He was the glue, the glue that keeps the team together. You always talk about locker room guys. Well, he was that, but he was also the leader on the field too. And it's you know his ability to lead from the from the center position is is unheralded. Um, I don't know if we've ever had a center that's like that. I don't know if we ever will have another center that's like that. And it's just something that look, it's just what he is. The whole underdog situation uh, when they're you know when they win the title with the the dog masks and everything you know he did that and what he did for the Philadelphia area too not just on the field but off the field it's it's a heartwarming story um, also shout out to to him and and Kylie I mean I don't know why Tinder hasn't hit them up for a sponsorship deal yet because they might be the poster child for what
1: you could do with Tinder a Tinderella story through and through it's the one of the more, one of the more well notable ones on top of it. so if it is the his final ride as an NFL player I hate that I had to go out that way for him, but he's had one hell of a career. The good news is though, where it's not the last of him as we will probably still see him every Wednesday for quite a while, considering the success of that show and how much fun they have doing it. So the good news is he's not disappearing. We will get plenty of our Jason Kelsey fix moves. I,
0: I need a new heights, high low uh collab. New highs. Mm, or new lows potentially. I don't know. That doesn't sound as much fun. Like that's especially <laughs> in a segment where we do like come on, man, type funny stuff. Because they got yeah. new news, so now they got new. Then they need new highs. They have new lows. Just saying,
1: Could have a lot of fun. Just throwing out there, three's company, Kelsey. Just nice. you know, the Kelsey's book. three, Kelsey's company. I don't know. Like there's there's something there's something here. There's something there. I, they'll figure out the new-
0: get to, to get some of Travis's uh, Nike deal and whatever Jordans that that Jason no longer wants to keep. That works for me. So you know, because Jalen kept giving him Jordans for Christmas. So
1: feel free. You know, I think you might you might have something there as well too. Just whatever's sitting underneath the couch that's not that's just that's kind of forgotten about, like the beater shoes that are in the corner. I'll take those basically. Those I don't need shoes. money. I don't need
0: any of that. Just just give me leftover sponsorship gear.
1: The ones in the storage unit that you forgot you had. Yeah,
0: like I'm not even going to get a Taylor Swift signed anything. You just literally just give me your leftover. Yeah, give me a helmet at the end of the year, and then I like, I put a display up here with a <laughs> with a helmet.
1: You know, I think you know that that seems like a fair deal, but that definitely. Hope for, hoping for that to work, but Jason Kelsey will always remember his career as one career potentially comes to a close so we got another one getting ready to potentially get started here. As we now transition to college football and uh, officially official, Caleb Williams has declared he will enter the NFL draft waiting until the last day to do it, which is not unusual CJ Stroud, Justin Fields, other guys have done it before. So it's not really unusual, but at the same time for the last 365 days, it's been, he's QB one. As soon as he comes out now, it is actually officially is coming out foregoing that extra year of eligibility. And, here we go i guess the bears are on the clock the question is caleb williams drake may justin fields maybe even jane daniels who knows where they where they go at this point only they know but we're officially on the clock with who some people say is the best qb prospect they've seen in years up for debate however you want to word it i think he's awesome but we'll get into our draft scouting and stuff once the season kicks off but uh caleb Williams officially declaring so the the draft class is officially locked and loaded the consensus i'm putting this in quotes because i could tell by the look on your face you already disagreed it. number one prospect is officially coming out so we're we're underway everyone is not in the playoffs so is officially underway and only nerds like us are even thinking about it oh i
0: can't wait um <laughs> yeah no i can't wait to break it down um i'll explain exactly why i have caleb where i have him ranked um, when it comes time to it and when you might get we're, we're gonna do some, to fun, some fun things with our rankings this year we're not just gonna just like drop them like we did last year we're actually gonna Going to provide a little more video content based off of that, so be sure to stay tuned for that. But Caleb Williams really was the last piece you were waiting to fall. But the big thing about Caleb Williams declaring on the last day that's different from you said C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, guys like that. Uh, There's been all the rumors that come with Caleb Williams declaring. Does he need assurances from Chicago? Does he need assurances from whoever drafts him? Does he even want to play in
1: Chicago? there's ownership thing a real is that a real thing or is that just a rumor mill
0: yeah there's a lot that's been thrown out there we don't know what's real we don't know what's fake because his camp has not said a thing and that's what's interesting um is is all this stuff is coming from the outside what's actually happening we don't know um outside of the fact the dude's declared that's all we know and he still has a dr pepper commercial where he walks under ladders maybe not the best thing to do when you were trying to fight for a pac-12 championship i'm just throwing it out there but i digress um, and, but yeah, no, I think this is interesting, uh, from the standpoint of, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where he tests, but that might play some, some, some later roles into, into where I rank him. But as of right now, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see to just really what's true and what's not, because you got to imagine he's going to start have to hit the press tour here soon.
1: I will say, if I, that Dr. Pepper commercial too, I'd do whatever they told me to screw the Pac-12 championship. Dr. Pepper's forever. Fair. Definitely. Fair. But I, I agree with you, maybe not the best to move. Maybe Dr. Pepper owes him a solid after that one as well, too. They owe him a lifetime deal. Number two is the one thing I will say, no matter who ranks him or however they rank him, when you look at his skill set on paper, do not let Washington with Eric Biennium get that man. If Eric <laughs> Biennium is the head coach in Washington, do not let him get a hold of that man. The Everything that everyone talks about with him as far as that generational talent, don't let Eric Biennium get a hold of that. I'm not even going to use the comparisons because everyone else exhausts them, and I don't fully believe it. When you look at that skill set and what AirPenemy's done with a similar skill set in a certain city that's still playing football right now, don't let him get that man with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, who's now all of a sudden scoring touchdowns, Deami Brown. Don't let him get that man. Don't let it happen. No, whoever, whoever it is, Chicago, you take him or you give it to somebody else. Damn it, you give it. Don't let them Washington get that man.
0: There's a couple names out there who I'm I'm waiting to see where they end up at if they get moved or and such, especially OCs. Uh, potentially up for head coaching jobs because there's a couple OCs that you look at and you're like, man, if you go to that team with that pick and they happen to have a chance at Caleb, uh, I don't want to see it. But number one on that list is definitely Biennium. I don't care whether Biennium in Washington or Biennium is anywhere else. That's fair. I'm terrified of where Biennium, what he could do with Caleb. But, uh, and that's just from the standpoint of Biennium's offense almost feels like a make things happen after the play breaks down offense. And Caleb Williams' best stat, or best, you know, X factor, I guess you can say, is making plays happen after things break down. So it's almost like they, they mesh so well together, even though B enemy's offense is still, like, it's still the offense. It's just like, hey, it's going to look chaotic, but I guarantee you, you're going to have a guy open 40 yards down the field.
1: It has two levels. It has that like one second offense where it's like catch, snap, first read and a half, and it's good to go. Then there's that part two of it where it looks like chaos. It's like it's built in plan B that looks like, oh, ish, what's going on? Which, yeah, that's a perfect fit for me on top of if you give him Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin is going to go for 1700 yards. Like, my lord, <laughs> yeah. he's doing, he's getting a, th- we're not going into it. It's not the time of the year for that yet as well. <laughs> but, and we're not going to make those comparisons. I mean, you had my heart broken
0: twice in, in, in one week. Maybe three times if Jason actually announces his retirement.
1: RIP. Circling back. But speaking of college football, too, the moment's finally arrived. You and I have waited a decade for it. Praise hallelujah. Hopefully it works out. It's been a long time coming. The return of the NCAA football game appears to be coming out this July is the rumor. Nothing confirmed for sure yet, but it looks like it is going to be this summer. Is the plan for the new NCAA football game since 2014? I believe will be coming out in 2024 and we've been asking for it it's fine it looks like it has arrived please don't suck
0: yeah uh if it sucks i'm never buying another ea title i don't care what game they make um you know what it could be literally my game a game about me in my life and i still wouldn't buy it if it was made by ea because i will if you ruin ncaa football for me I'm boycotting. And now, according to all the behind-the-scenes and the conversations coming from Game Informer and other uh, news outlets, gaming news outlets, this this has been reworked completely, similar to how they did the old NCAA footballs. They had the team in in, in charge of Madden, and they would use the same engine, but they would change the game completely. Like the, There would actually be dedicated college football team members, and that's exactly what they're doing again. It's no longer the Tiburon team that was working on it. It's now a new team, but there are still members of the Tiburon team of in uh, this newer unit. So uh, uh, that's po- promising. It, it, it's hopeful. Um, best part about the whole thing, every FBS school is available in this. Um, I'm not sure how far they went down, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see some FCS schools in here. Like actual FCS schools, not FCS Southwest. <laughs> like we saw in, in 14. Uh, but yeah, I know there's a lot of excitement about this, and we've already had talks about it in Belly Up about doing some Belly Up content leagues. Um, you already know I'll be doing the Road to the Heisman, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you can guarantee I'll be getting UAB into the SEC and as C- SEC champs at one point in time because that's one of my favorite things to do. Although well, this year now I might actually take South Alabama um, and try to move them up, or if they give me FCS schools, you better believe I'm going and finding an FCS school and moving them
1: there's a there's a lot to look forward to hopefully the game doesn't stink hopefully it's not a microtransaction cesspool we're definitely looking forward to that as well too but we've had a long time for this game i'm excited for it as well too but keep keep an eye out for that too and let us know down below if, if you are excited for this game if you've been looking forward to it or if you just don't care if you don't trust EA Sports at this point which is if you don't way. care and you're a sports fan i don't trust you anymore I'm saying if they hate EA Sports. I'm saying if they, if it's exclusive because of EA Sports. they oh, okay. And no, no,
0: no, no. that's right. EA
1: Sports not. made the first renditions, but things have changed. So, you know, we'll we'll see. there. Let us know down below what you're thinking of the game as well, coming up as well, too. But That's going to do it here for the tip-off as well. And you know what, Kelsey? I think we're going to have to make sure that this main event is a little bit of extra magic. So that was a pretty good tip-off, I'd say.
0: Absolutely. Got to have a little extra magic. And thanks to our friends over at Magic Mind who have provided that little extra magic for me every single day for the last well, almost three months now we're approaching um it's been a good time uh if you guys don't know i've talked about it a lot on the show i struggle with daytime drowsiness falling asleep very easily during the day struggling to just keep things in mind and just keep my memory up um it's a lot of foggy brain and magic mind has absolutely helped me out here um it is this little bottle right here fancy little bottle it's an empty bottle from this morning um take it along with your morning routine. It's just an added an added benefit to your or added part of your morning routine. It's not anything extra steps anything like that. You can combine it with your coffee. Take it with what I do, I have V8 energy drinks, those little small energy drinks. I drink it along with that and it's helped me stay awake and actually focus better. I'm able to get a lot more projects done at one time. So much so that now I'm actually kind of overwhelmed with so many added projects, but it's okay cuz I can stay focused on them now. Um, with quality products like ashwagandha, lion's mane mushrooms, Along with some quality vitamins that you, minerals that you need to be be able to function at a high level um, this is a great product here uh, i actually love it i honestly we don't talk about a lot of things that we we don't like we don't talk about anything we don't like mm. as far as watchers go and this is one that i've used a lot of um, also has matcha so you matcha fans out there i mean this is right up your alley this is my first time actually experiencing matcha i gotta say it's been fantastic um so absolutely do appreciate everything they've done for me i no longer fall asleep at work and i will say it again i've said it every episode for the last couple weeks Don't fall asleep at work. It's never a good idea. Your boss doesn't enjoy it. Um, Thankfully, I have a very cool boss, and he talked me through the whole process, and Magic Mind came at the right time. Uh, But, guys, if you find out more about Magic Mind by heading over to magicmind.com slash Jan, J-A-N, Hilo, um, for a special discount this January. So it's only available this January, um, where you can enter the code HILO20 at checkout, and you get one month free when subscribing for three months. So that's an extra 20% off, which gets you up to 75% off. We're not talking about something that's extremely expensive to begin with. You get, you know, you're paying less than 20 bucks now with this code. Uh, Why not? Why not give it a try? Um, So that's over at magicmind.com slash Jan High Low. And you enter the code High Low 20. Like I said, it gets you up to 75% off. Go check it out. I do not speak lightly on this. I absolutely love this product. So... Please, guys, just go check it out. If you guys struggle with the same issues as me, you will not regret it. And by the way, I keep—I almost forget this every time—they are now in Sprouts grocery store. So, if you are near a Sprouts grocery store, go check it out. Um, That—I mean, honestly, I, unfortunately, I don't live near one. I would be there in stores picking it up today, uh, probably right before the show every single day, and I'd have a whole new like supply with me. And I don't think they'd be able to keep supplies in the store. But unfortunately, I do not live near a Sprouts grocery store. They have not moved to Cleveland yet, so. Absolutely. i
1: found out this morning that there's a sprouts right down the street from me so it looks like i will be loaded up and it will be magic for it so once again be sure to click the link down below as well to go ahead get yourself some magic mind get it started as well so once again magic mind can't say 75 percent off your subscription order. you can't beat that it doesn't get much better than that that's three three fours that's better than every nfl player's completion percentage most of the time except this weekend where we had a couple of them well a few of them well surpassed that so here we are, main event, and we'd be remiss not to mention what a wild wild card weekend we had this week as well, too. Super wild card weekend, huh? That's the best <laughs> way I'm going to describe it. Because the average point for different, the average margin of victory was seventeen and a half for the weekend. If you take away the Rams and the Lions one point game, it was like twenty one and a half. So it was kind of a weekend of asshole than surprisingly, but it wasn't who you would anticipate as well. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take in for a little before we get into some of these individual ones, but like. Super Wildcard Weekend, I love it, but at the same time, the point differential in them, some of them has been really, really wacky. It's either an upset, an ass whooping, or an ass whooping upset every time. Yeah, I don't hate it.
0: I like. I, I don't get me wrong. I did actually really enjoy when the league was set up where you either got two buys or you played every game, uh, or everybody played from the start of the suit, uh, of the playoffs. But eh, it has been a while since that one's happened. But as far as the two buy, two buy weeks was really cool. Uh, but honestly, I think I'm starting to grow used to the Super Wild Card Weekend now that games are no longer Nickelodeon. Uh, that was atrocious. Now just get them off Peacock. That was an awful idea. Mm-hmm. Please don't put the best game on Peacock for the weekend. Um, Maybe been the coldest. But yeah, it's... Trying I think the, the unique thing Taylor about Super fandom...
1: You know what They're trying to milk that Taylor Swift fandom. Like, oh, this will get us those Peacock subscribers.
0: Yeah, you know, because that was true. Because uh, it was all just Chiefs. It was guaranteed the Chiefs game was going to be the Peacock game. And then you just didn't know their opponent was, but yeah, no, I mean, so the one unique thing about wildcard weekend that I, I uh, that I've really noticed is it does eliminate the pretenders, the guys, the teams that you're just like, man, how did you make it here? Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I would also say the Cleveland Browns, because you don't start five different quarterbacks in a season and go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, live in the area. A lot of people I work with now are, are Browns fans. We know quite a few Browns fans around here. Nothing against your fanship and your hope. Trust me. I wholeheartedly agree you need to have hope in your team. And this team was probably the most hopeful you've had for a while since Baker was there. But I will say that this Super Wild Card Weekend has exposed weaknesses in teams that were not exposed in the regular season, but then also exposed strengths in teams that maybe have caught fire at the right time or maybe gave you brief moments throughout the the regular season of greatness and then kind of squirt, squirt squirted their way into the playoffs um you know look at Houston perfect example of it CJ Stroud fantastic gets injured oh God are they going to even make the playoffs squeaking literally because of the fingertips in in, in Indianapolis and then you could have fooled me I thought they were a one seed <laughs> they were absolutely lighting up that Browns defense like nobody's business and, and 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 you know we're gonna talk about this a little more but it's just like that's a perfect example of what you really see in super wild card weekend is the pretenders are really shown and you really get to see somebody either from young or old who's actually ready for what the playoff atmosphere does and that's a big thing i think i think nobody everybody underestimates the playoff atmosphere until they're there and for flacco it's like oh crap i'm back in the playoffs for the first time in five years after sitting on my couch basically for a whole year it's like it's kind of wild so yeah i mean there's a lot to it but uh yeah, that's the one thing I, I'll say I noticed, and I, and I don't mind it for that reason because now it gives me good high quality, high quality matchups going into the next round, where I'm I'm pretty excited for every game that's on the on the menu.
1: It's interesting is when they first did, you'd think like, oh, the seventh seed is gonna be the one that gets blown out all the time, having to play a two seed. This is just cannon fodder. This is like that's the one you'd think would be the blowout. It's kind of hit or miss. Like it sometimes it is a blowout. Like I think a couple years ago, the Chiefs and the Steelers was a rotting. But like the one of the early ones, the Colts and the Bills, a three point game, and that was the best Bills team. We saw for the first time a seven seed beat a number of two seed as well. We saw in this case the two seed and the seven seed on, on the AFC side. Well, I mean, it wasn't exactly a close game, but it, you know, it's kind of an asshole when we get as well. The Steelers made it look kind of good, it, down the track, but it wasn't. It was a after they figured
0: it out, they, they were able to slow down the Bills offense, but I mean, the problem was they it's similar. So, the last time the Steelers were in the playoffs in that moment, uh, they kind of got ramrodded early and then nobody could keep. Like, it was too late. Like, at the end of the day, you were just like too late um, situation. So, yeah, I mean,
1: there's. What's crazy is the Steelers since 2016 when they made the AFC Championship game, I believe it was. They I saw this thing earlier today. They've been to the playoffs five times, I think more often than not, as that seven seed. And they're average. They averagely give up like 40 points a game or something ridiculous like that and only and score like 22. So they're basically getting on average, ramrodded. They get into the playoffs, yeah, just to get absolutely smacked. You get one extra week before you get to Cancun, basically. And it's not – it, It's saying, not. Did you go look at it, I bet you 20 points or at least 50% of those points they give
0: up per game come in the first quarter or the or first two.
1: Oh, yeah, the first half is they're getting absolutely blasted. The only reason it's that close is because pre prevent defense, basically. Right? It's because they lean back. But either way, we'll start getting into some of the specifics now. And I think what we'd agree is, if not the biggest shocker, but one of the biggest shocker was – the end of a dynasty in Philadelphia before it got started, I guess. Like the Eagles laid an egg too. They did not have all the all the magic herbs and spices to make wonderful chicken there. They basically they fell apart. I don't even know how else to describe it. They looked uninterested. They did not look good. The passing offense was occasionally Devonte Smith save us. Defense Occasionally? I, I was saying like occasionally he could save them, but he couldn't save them the whole oh, okay, game. Okay, okay. And then defensively, like. I've seen better tackling in Madden on All Pro with the sliders cranked up, and it's trying to spite me. Like that was just, wow, just wow. Shaquille Leonard didn't even really play. Kevin Byard looked old. The defensive backs looked old and worse than we thought. The pass rush didn't really exist, minus a couple of plays. I that, that was just awful. I don't even know how else to describe. It. Like that was just awful. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Um, I and no offense, Look, I don't I
0: don't often say this, say nice things about Eagles fans, but I'm gonna say one right now. I don't think anybody deserved that to watch that game, like to have to watch that game from an Eagle standpoint. That was the worst product I've seen the Eagles put on the field since Carson. Chip Kelly. Like really since Chip Kelly days, like it it was bad. That was not good. Um, it looked like Auburn this year offensively. And then you guys heard me complain about Auburn regularly. Mm-hmm. Eagles fans had every right to complain about what just happened. The offense looked abysmal. I mean, I it, you know, you talked about the, the tush push earlier, and it's almost like Nick Sirianni and, and Brian Johnson got enamored with the tush push, and their only goal was to get to fourth and one or third and one every single time they had they stepped on the field. Like, their goal was never to score a touchdown. It was always to get to third and fourth and one and see if they can get it with the tush push. Well, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the defensive line for the the Buccaneers, but you definitely saw it this weekend, and it's headlined by number 50, Vita Vea, who is an absolute immovable wall? And uh, yeah, there was a lot of things there. Uh, now, also one thing I noticed from the Eagle standpoint: you look at the offensive line blocking, and this is kind of what gave me away. With, you talk about Jason Kelsey earlier. What kind of keyed me into maybe he's not really, he's not ready to play another year. Type of conversation is that usually he's the guy that's over there on the sideline. Getting his offensive line right, getting them figured out, getting their blocking seems figured out. But for some reason, the Eagles kept going with the same scheme where they would double team Vita Vea, slide the tackle inside, and let an outside rusher blitz without being touched. And it's terrifying. I don't know. I don't want Shaq Barrett. I don't
1: want, uh,
0: you. Well, who was the number zero? Uh, Yabibi?
1: Uh, Yabibi? But uh, yeah, the rookie from Louisville. I always forgot to pronounce his name. Yeah. Him, then, uh, I don't want,
0: fair. you know, Try on Shinoika. I don't want KJ Britt. I don't want any of those guys coming at me untouched because none of those are fun to, to try to deal with. Whether you have Jalen Hurts or not, uh, I mean, J- Josh Allen could have been back there. Dak Prescott could have been out there. and It wouldn't have been a good showing. That um, uh, You would have still gotten a similar offense if you kept blocking like that. And they just kept doing it. Uh, you know, we have a podcast chat with some of our podcast friends, and I said it in there. And I'll say it again. That's the worst offensive line I've ever seen play. Worst offensive line play I've ever seen. Since Justin Fields starting his first game against the Browns, they didn't have no favors in that one. But this is a close second. I mean, it was it was bad offensive run. The run game. I mean, you run the you run the ball two times to start the game out. You don't run it again for 20 plays, I believe. Uh, and when you do run it the next time, he gets seven yards. And they're like, okay, let's pass the ball again. Didn't make sense. Uh, and you know, you, the reason why I said occasionally about the Devontae situation, it was literally Devontae's the only one that's going to get you yards. Uh, Dallas Goddard. Why are you running screens with Dallas Goddard? Serious question. I, I never understand that. Um, you know, at, at one point in time in the game, I jokingly said, throw Britton Covey in there and see if you can get some gadget play with him. Honestly, I was only half kidding because really that offense was so bad you needed to kickstart somewhere. I don't know where you get it from, but that's just the offense. The defense, as you said, it was atrocious tackling. Forget about it. Kevin Byard got left looking like the meme kid off TikTok who just jumps at air trying to tackle somebody. James Bradbury looked like the Super Bowl James Bradbury, which I uh, don't know if you guys know how that figured out, but it, it finished out, but it ended with him getting called for a holding on Juju Smith Schuster, and we all know the end of that, but it was bad. Uh, I mean, they didn't make any ad- uh, any changes during the game. It felt like they would just keep going with the same thing. Whether it's Brian Johnson or Nick Sirianni at, at fault for the offense, I don't care, um, but they both be, need to be held accountable. Like, while... Sirianni has said, "I don't tell Johnson no." Now, nah, bullcrap. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and then at the same time, like you're the head coach, you see crap like that happening. You better make the change because it's your head on the line at the end of the day. And on the defensive side of things, <sighs> we've made fun of Jonathan Gannon for a lot of
1: things. Everyone, all Eagles fans, owe him an apology. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. maybe not an apology because of the way it ended, but like you need to, you had it pretty darn good. This is what happens
0: when you bring. Matthew, Patricia into the defensive coordinator role. This is what happens. When you're 10 and 1 and you make the defensive coordinator, yeah, watch, like, yeah you had 10. one bad game. Bad game. And it wasn't even bad. You got beat by the number one team in the NFC. Oh, woe is me. How sad of a day that is. Let me just go change my entire defensive scheme to some dude who you might as well have hired off the couch to be a defensive consultant. And now you're going to give him the coordinator role? Why? Because he was a Bill Belichick disciple? That's no reason to give the guy. He maybe talks a good game, but the guy's actual coach coaching ability is zero. I have better coaching ability in my small toe that is broken than he does in his entire body, and his entire body is close to my size of my body. So it's a very large body. Mm-hmm. Like my dog has better play calling ability, and she picks this left ball every single time. So I agree, I don't, I yeah. I there's a lot of problems with this Eagles team. I, on the flip side, a lot of credit to the Buccaneers. Uh, I'll I'll say that because I could talk a lot about the Buccaneers, but I think I feel like I've talked enough about the Eagles.
1: Uh, I'll go and just I will say too the B- Baker Mayfield played outstanding. The offense was clicking. They ran the ball 18 times, which was actually impressive because they have not run the ball very well for a few years. But uh, circling back to the Eagles. A you just to be funny about it, you have an offensive coordinator playing your defensive coordinator. If we're going to play that game considering he's an offensive coordinator. That's who you decided to put last year, which was a. Indictment in itself, but we're not going to get into that. That's a long episode to complain how we got here. But the the issues I'll have with are...
0: Every Lions fan has it's just a shudder under their... their, Like how you had a shudder when I said it. Every Lions fan hearing this immediately shuddered. And then to think of that offensive...
1: All Patriots fans did too as well. To think about Matt Patricia's offense last year as well. Like everyone Mm -hmm. just shuddered a little bit. But I'll go ahead and mention offensively, my biggest issue was it felt like the middle of the field was just never touched. It felt like everything was outside the lines or attempting to have Jalen Hurts run. You didn't... Not a lot of slants, digs, for lack of better words. High lows over the middle. None of those strategic things that made them very, I'm going to say dangerous last year for just a quote Baker Mayfield. That had them very dangerous last year. because they could still hit those A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith nine rounds with the best of them. But it was all set up because you you flooded the middle of the field on top of it as well over time. You set things up. It was it was strategic. It was, it was like a dance, if you will. Like everything kind of made sense. It flowed next to each other. One step, two step, one step, two step. This year it's just like, madden coaches suggestions qb draw this should work madden coaching suggestions four verts inside zone it seemed very it seemed vanilla you've seen like even non-eagles fans could kind of call out their plays even just from the i don't know how times they've been on prime time it's like well that running back's going on emotion wide so a jalen hurts quarterback draw because it's third and two and then jason yeah. is going to pull like good play call like it's great but eventually nfl players are going to see that
0: how many times did we see the the fake smoke screen from the guy in motion going to the sideline in form where then they'd have the inside they'd have this the slot running a seam and then they'd have the outside guy running some kind of deep out or comeback? Like how many times did we see that play? Because I know I saw at least four.
1: Every time that it wasn't a QB draw with the motion, that's what it seemed like it worked too. Or that a screen or like it it didn't quite make sense. The middle of the field was open. There's it just they didn't take advantage of it. So which follows and saying Looks like the Colts got the right guy getting Shane Steichen because they looked absolutely miserable without him. Where Gardner Minshew almost was a playoff quarterback this year. That is so you know what? Maybe coordinators are a bigger deal than people give credit for as well. Same with Jonathan Gann, you mentioned for all of his flaws. CJ Gardner D- Johnson talking trash about him after he left, and some of the others. Well, he did a very good job of disguising their flaws, especially in man to man coverage. It's not their strong suit. And we kind of saw it in this Super Bowl when they got caught with those motions. And now this year, when the pass rush isn't giving you 70 sacks, you can see the liability, but yep. we'll, we'll see. I'm sure they'll be fine. They'll probably be back. Howie Roseman's a good... They got Howie Roseman's still a good GM. They'll find a way. They'll hopefully address defensive back this year as well. Assuming that team hasn't already imploded because that was six of seven down the stretch like that. Who knows? If they want to trade A.J. Brown, Indianapolis, go ahead and give Indianapolis a call. Him and Shane Steyer can have fun. Maybe they reunite that, but I digress there. But
0: here Dallas is looking for a receiver.
1: If they trade... You know what? That'd be the Terrell Owens. Jalen for Dak? Well, I don't know if you, I don't know about that now. I mean, that, that that's six and one and a half a dozen. Well, Taylor would be a great addition at running back. Maybe you never know. But I'll also say for Tampa Bay, that defensive scheme by Todd Bowles was fantastic. Jason mentioned on their podcast, they did a lot of like five man fronts, kind of like what they did to the Colts a couple of years ago when Jonathan Taylor was in his MVP season. They are just like, or MVP Caliber season. Like, no, you're, we're putting five guys on this line and you're going to deal with Vita Vea one on one. Or if you double them, someone's sprinting unblocked. So, I would also, go, so we'll go into Tampa Bay. Obviously, the defense outstanding job. Antoine Winfield still awesome. The secondary did a very good job, basically saying you're not going to run your damn nine routes on us the whole damn game. And then the front line obviously held their job, flowed to the ball. And then offensively, I'm pissed that Mike Evans didn't score for my bets, but everybody else got got in the action. Baker was wheeling and dealing, arguably his best game as a Buccaneer. You can say too, he was moving, he was dodging the blitz, he was. And this is a banged up Baker too. They were running the ball. That was just a great game plan all around. And they executed to a T they, they earned every one of those 32 points for all the ish we've given the Eagles well-deserved Tampa Bay also took it to them. And they've come a long way in 365 days when they were a four seed and get losing 32 to nine to the five seed Cowboys at the time this year, they basically completely flipped the script with the only difference being a quarterback. So Baker better than Tom Brady, not even a little bit, but it's kind of funny. If you want, someone wanted to make that case, people will say silly things, but it is, it is funny to see that how they've completely 180 in a year and, you know, kudos to Tampa Bay. They earned that. It's going to be a different story in Detroit, but this was one of the game, in Baker, arguably his best game in years, you could say, honestly. I know he's had some good statistical games, but I know there's the Rams' comeback against the Raiders last year, four minutes off of getting off the plane, but minute zero to minute 60 might have been his best game he's played in a long time.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, like You kind of think of his, some of his best games. I think the four-touchdown game he had with Cleveland in his – uh, in the playoff year for him. I think that might have been, might have oh, been man, his I best. Can't see that year, I think. And he lit them up in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't like four touchdowns by the end of the game. I think three of them came in the first half. Yeah.
1: Um, Pittsburgh, we threw like two touchdowns, but they were up 35 to seven before he even touched the ball. Anyway, yeah. the,
0: the playoff game, that, that, that that's obviously a great start, but you also have to credit a lot of the defense, but I think his best game with Cleveland doesn't come into comparison with what he did for Tampa. I think Tampa, this situation, given the fact that running game is abysmal, Throughout the season, he had no help running the ball, getting them to the playoffs to begin with. Great job winning the division at and getting to the playoffs. Even better job, granted it's the NFC South, so maybe take that with
1: a little less than normal. um But then again,
0: he you just proved by beating
1: the Eagle, the defending NFC champion. So you know what? That grain of salt can come right back out.
0: Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's maybe it's a couple grains, or maybe it's a clump of sugar. I don't know, but um, but yeah, no, it, it was, it was splendid. everybody. I mean, you talk about uh, Kate Otten getting involved. I mean, Kate Otten looked fantastic in this one um you had Rashawn white in the, in the passing game which is an important aspect and then you had a rookie receiver actually two rookie receivers if i'm not mistaken scoring touchdowns or a rookie in a second year receiver form scoring touchdowns absolutely insane you had godwin coming up for coming up big for in between routes just to get first downs uh you had like i said mike evans i mean yeah he had a couple drops but you know what mike evans Draws the eyes of every single defender and allows you to get the one on one coverage on the backside. That's why you you know they talked about Mike Evans' stats and why they're so great. Did anybody notice who was in second in all the receiving stats? His name is Chris Godwin, hmm. uh, and and I just want to throw that out there because it's it it, it it's amazing what one quality receiver, a walking one thousand yard receiver, can do to a defense when he's there, despite there being another thousand yard receiver or a potential thousand yards here, not this year, unfortunately. And Chris Godwin on the other side, and now you have two young fast guys joining that that receiving core. Uh, that offense was fun to watch, and the blocking scheme. I think the way they they dialed up their their blocking scheme to handle the the Eagles' defense, Eagles' pass rush was perfect. Uh, you did you, they did the right thing. Yeah, Brandon Graham got in there a couple times, but honestly, if you asked me if Brandon Graham's going to get two sacks in a game this year after the regular season he had, I would have laughed at you. Just it was atrocious, and and he was able to get you know he was the guy that got that got, that beat you. And I think if you're the Eagles, if you're going to give up any guy getting to the quarterback, or if you're the Buccaneers, you can give up any guy going to the quarterback. You're like, all right, it's Brandon Graham. That's fine. It's not Sean Reddick. It's not anybody up the middle. It's not Fletcher Cox. It's nobody like that. It's like I can accept this. And and the way they were t- talk about middle of the field for the Eagles, middle of the field for the Buccaneers, basically it was a Krispy Kreme sign saying "Always Fresh, Wide Open." Here, it's uh, forget about it. I mean, there was. There may have been a guy draping somebody, but it didn't matter. Like it was it might as well have been Swiss cheese. It was amazing to watch. Um Baker was oh, damn near perfect as far as accuracy goes. I mean, it was had a couple of overthrows, but realistically the the ball was pretty well put on the dot every time it needed to be. Um there was a ball that was dropped that was so perfectly placed. I think the only reason Mike Evans dropped it was because it was so perfectly placed. It was like, this isn't normal. What what is this? Um I've never received a pass like this. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the offense was fantastic. Baker looked like the guy who just had a career year um, in this one. And, and you know, he did just have his career year as far as stats go 4,000 plus yards. Uh, fantastic touchdown interception ratio as well. But then on the defense, I mean, can we talk about this defense getting healthy at the right time? Yeah. You talked about Anton Winfield. He got injured uh, or not injured, but he, he let one go over the top of him in that big game by Devontae that led to the, the first touchdown for the Eagles. But after that, it was nothing. Like he, everything was shut down beyond the. You know, on the back end, uh, Jamel Dean might have had his best game as a pro. Um, talk about Auburn guys and Alabama guys. Well, he might have had his best game against a whole bunch of Alabama guys on the other side of things.
1: Speaking best of, Alabama. since uh, since he's token the phrase slant boy, yeah, yeah. Well, that was
0: Carlton Davis, yeah. I was gonna say, Carlton Davis, you know, he also stepped up big and he was healthy finally for the first time, really, it feels like in a while. Uh, and then KJ Britt had the stop on the toast push, push on, the, on the goal line, yes. What is it a penalty? On replay, sure. Didn't fa- stop the fact that it was a stop. I mean, at the end of the day, it was still stopped before the hand slid up to the helmet. So uh, I'm sorry, Eagles fans. You didn't get a call there, but you can't get everything. Yeah, to you. So I think there was a lot of players that stepped up in this game. It wasn't just one player, but I think the secondary in this one, a, a position, a positional group for them that is, they've struggled with regularly, stepped up and, and you got to see really the full force of their often their linebacking core and rush pass rushers and that defensive line. Um, I think there's still work to be done. I think Todd Bowles can still do more. I'm not going to sell, I'm not going to just, you know, sell the franchise and bet nothing on De- nothing but Detroit in this game coming up. But I think, yes, there's some work to be done from Tampa's standpoint, but I think they have a chance. And I, that's scary for me to say. And it wouldn't surprise me to see this team as that team that just wrinkles some feathers going forward, if you will. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, there's something weird to be said about a team that has a great defense and a great defense coordinator. Even though
1: he's their head coach in Todd Bowles, uh, that's it's very interesting to see. I will say that game against the Lions, I'm most likely looking at the over in that one as well. Oh, yeah. Defenses are both good, but the, the offenses they're dealing with are going to cause some problems. So I'm liking the over in oh, that I one. The corners have,
0: have the ability to give up 40-yard plays at any point in time.
1: At any given moment, anything could happen as well. Both And that's a whole lot of firepower on both teams. But this game arguably could say was the most embarrassing, but there was another one that was kind of rough too, and mm. okay, Here we go. It's time to talk about it. The the moment of the Cowboys crushed cans and Kelsey's heart. They finally, they got all the way there. There was finally, even you and I talked about a couple weeks ago, this was the one year that felt a little bit different, just a little bit. And then they find a way to let you down, not just in a normal fashion, but in traumatic fashion as well, too. Like, you know, this is your, this is, this is your time. Uh, I had to call my therapist after this
0: one. This was, this was rough. And your therapist uh, You to call a therapist
1: after that. Yeah, honestly, she probably
0: did. Uh she she looked at me like, Are you seriously coming to me talking about this? And I, you know, laid it all out there. It's been forever. I've never seen success in the playoffs for the Cowboys. I've seen it one one year, and then there was the is it a catch? Is it not a catch year? But you know what? I haven't seen any success since then, and it just continues to, to be just atrocious. Mike McCarthy continues to not be able to get things done in the playoffs. He took an Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews team led team to get him to a Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And it was also carried by Jordy Nelson. Um, you know, it's
1: Greg Jennings put that team on his back though.
0: Yeah. Um still one of the best YouTube videos I've ever watched. Um no this this uh, the offensive line was probably the highlight and it wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> the offensive line was the best part, but it wasn't good. Micah Parsons looked pedestrian. Um he did not look like the game changer you've seen all season. The guy who has been impactful. The guy who's probably going to get several hundred millions of dollars coming coming soon. Um, the, the the running game. What running game? Um, C.D. Lamb and Dax connection looked like you and I trying to talk Japanese to somebody from Tokyo. You know, it, it <laughs> not on the same page is the easiest thing to say um it it was it was bad and it it almost felt like everybody put the blame on cd for some reason i don't know what happened in that conversation but Dak is equally to blame he was throwing balls 10 15 yards away from the nearest receiver and then looking at the receiver like what are you doing I, i don't know Dak. maybe what are you doing like are you okay like what i don't know what happened in this one but it felt like before the game there was like Somebody cheated on somebody else's or so with somebody else's wife type of conversation, and everybody hated each everybody hated each other for that. Like, there's there. I don't know why this team looked so out of sorts, but they did not look like a team. They looked like a bunch of dudes that just got thrown together for an all star game and asked to go play the number one team, despite it being the number seven team who shouldn't have even been in the playoffs, but were carried there by Jordan Love's crazy self. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what happened. I told myself I wasn't going to drink Kool-Aid and I tried not to drink the Kool-Aid for as long as possible in this season. But as what always happens when a team gets close to the playoffs, you start having a little bit of hope and a little bit of that Kool-Aid just absorbs into your skin. I'm wearing the Cowboy shirt now. I'm, so, I'm still feeling it a little bit here. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, this is this one's tough because you looked at what was in front of them and with all the losses and the different things that happened in the NFC, there was green grass until the NFC Championship game if you're the Cowboys. But they couldn't get it done. So, yeah, uh, there's lots of questions there. But overall, it was painful. Um, best way I can say it.
1: Absolutely. And I think I also want to mention, too, like we could talk about the Cowboys and how they let you and everybody else down so viciously. But And I know what the score final score is like, 48 to 32. It looks respectable. We all knew better. It was 41 to 16 in the fourth quarter. Like that time. Garbage time points at its Exactly. Like, but I will say – Kudos to the Packers because Jordan Love looked absolutely fantastic in this game and, honestly, for the last, I think, eight weeks or something like that where he's had, like, 21 touchdowns and one pick. He's looked a 1,000 times better than he did in the midpoint of the season where we were like, eh, you know what? It's his first year. We'll give him a pass, but it's a little rough. They don't really have a number one receiver. Watson's been hurt all year. Jaden Reed's nice, but he's a rookie. Did not matter. He he was lighting up. His mechanics were – he looked like a slightly more, a slightly tanned, more tanned Aaron Rodgers out there. Basically, yeah. like he was. I'm not gonna say he. They've already found their guy. That they've done it again, but boy, does it look like it already. Like Bears fans gotta be sitting there thinking, "Come on, man, you got three in a row, and we can't even get one. What is this? Like that's it's killed. It was an absolute. He was wheeling and dealing. The receivers, these Romeo Dobbs, Romeo say yes. That's pretty much what he said the entire time. Was wide open. It was. Aaron Jones, dude, you can't forget Aaron Jones. Always feasts on the Cowboys for some reason. That, that he's, he'll be here all year, and that's when he comes alive. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that man gives you three touchdowns every time he walks into into Jerry's world. Um, it's pretty insane, actually. Got to got to give the man credit. But no, I think Jordan Love is underrated. I think we. I I asked this question when we when we were both on Corner Booth last week last week when we did the collab with them. Is Jordan Love the next chosen one for Green Bay? And in this case, yeah, all signs are pointing to it. I don't know what else to say. All signs are pointing to yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's surprising to say the least. I I I don't know if it's the floor. I don't know if it's Jordan Love. Um, but honestly, the plays I saw on the field were not necessarily plays that a coach can 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 make an impact on. They were the second, third reads or re- rewinding back in your reads. Starting over again, and he's throwing a sidearm pass. He's throwing a three quarters pass. He's throwing something off of a, a, a falling back platform, and he throws it on the line, forty yards downfield to a uh, you know corner route. It's just like that doesn't that's not normal. Like not normal arm talent you're saying, from Jordan. You're seeing why Jordan Love was such a highly touted prospect coming out. And and look, I think it's it's safe to say these young receiving core they have. I think it's safe to say that. Uh, if Aaron was still there, he'd be more than happy with the talent that these guys have. Also, they have two call quality quality tight ends. Um, I, I, you know, Luke Musgrave finally back from injury. But on top of that, you had Craft there. That dude actually looks really good. Um, I know he's kind of more their blocking tight end technically, but for the six weeks that Musgrave was out, he handled himself valiantly. He was actually three, top five in scoring for tight ends during that time. Um, so much so, I even started him uh, in one of my playoff games in my fantasy team. He, fantastic so yeah no i think this team is it was underrated to begin with as i said they shouldn't they were not projected to make the playoffs everybody who saw this team saw a team that's rebuilding but i think the big part of this game comes from not just jordan love stepping up not just that often stepping up
1: but the secondary the defense played is better than it's played all season that's been a shaky defense throughout the year but they came to play especially in that first half yeah Uh, rasul
0: rasul douglas um you had jair alexander strapping dudes like i mean that was just that Without dude looked attention. like he is the seatbelt commercial like this is why you need to click in or ticket because you have this guy on the other side like you're not playing with this one it was it was locked down from lockdown standpoint um I, they must have been going one-on-one between that receiving core and cornerback set because they were ready for every double move they were ready for every triple move anything that could be pulled out of the bag by dallas uh was ready to be stamped out by the defense of the of the packers and um, you know the big, my big complaint that I've had with the Packers over the last couple of seasons is the interior, of the defensive line and the linebacking core. Quay Walker playing middle linebacker. Obviously, he had the big mistake last year, if you will, of bumping into a ref along with Devontae or along with the uh, yeah Devontae Wyatt. Um, they look both of those guys look great in this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this team was was great top to bottom, um, basically outside of special teams. And the only reason there wasn't anything great on special teams was because they didn't have to kick the ball very often.
1: That's it. So PATs and kickoffs really, and they didn't give up anything bad on those. So that'll work out. So them, them in San Francisco is going to be a quite, quite the matchup to it. The, the superstar loaded team or the team that might just be too young to, and too naive to really know that they're supposed to lose. Yeah. We've talked about before. both of them will continue to shut down Dallas in the playoffs. 100% it's mandatory at this point, but we have one other game we're going to look at on the NFC side. And it was, the bloodbath, I guess, the rematch, the close game of the of the year of the week so far as well too. The Lions taking on the Rams. Jared Goff gets his revenge over the Rams, winning a very very close one over, over Stafford and the Rams who they came to play. Honestly, I think that Stafford, I, I swear he got a concussion that game at one point. The way they showed him, and he still came back out there. Puka Nakua, first round fantasy pick next year. Every draft he's gonna be a first round fantasy pick guaranteed. Kyron Williams still solid. He got hurt, but the Lions, it was it was just their time. Like it feels like Motor City. Dan Campbell had him ready to go, and they it was close. But I feel like the Lions had a very comfortable, especially down the stretch. So I'm gonna say Jared Goff gets his revenge. That's awesome. Now it would be poetic if he goes and gets his now as well, for lack of better terms. Like Stafford got his early, Goff gets his late. It'd just be a poetic thing for it'd be the Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs trade where everybody wins. This would, if Jared Goff somehow goes on a run here. That'd just be like the perfect poetic swan song, if you will. Yeah,
0: I believe you talked about
1: this with Jared Goff before um,
0: in the trade for Matthew Stafford. He's technically rigged as a six round draft pick uh, in in that in that draft package,
1: or yeah, in that two ones package. and then something like that because of his contract was so big at the time too. So it, yeah. that's why like they had to throw in like the extra one with it as well. Like Jared Goff was the he was the expiring contract, if you will, like they talk about NBA. Just this wasn't expiring. That's why they had that's why. yeah it's wild to think about that a guy who
0: was in, in in rankings for for these trades he's ranked as the probably worst part of the trade uh, now mind you we're not talking worst player and I said this when he was uh when he was the, the rumors came about of getting you know we'll re-roll the tapes on this I don't think Jared Goff was the problem in LA and I I wanted him to have the opportunity to prove it and he finally got that opportunity I think Sean McVay took the opportunity to, to upgrade his quarterback because you get don't often get a chance to get a top 10 level quarterback a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, um, you know. Despite you having a great quarterback, young quarterback either, but you you know you don't you don't miss you don't want to miss that opportunity too often. Worked out for the Rams; they got to the Super Bowl, they got the win. But Jared Goff has been trying to fight for getting that recognition back since going back to the last Super Bowl, and I think you're finally seeing it this year. It's everything's falling into place. I don't know if it's the addition of Josh Reynolds or not, but between the two of them, it, they look fantastic together. They obviously have the history of the the Rams team together, um, but also, I mean, just. In general, do you, we're seeing Jared Goff as a poised, quality leader here, uh, checking at the line, calling great uh, second plays, if you will, um, you know, audibles and uh, making the right reads for, for blitzes, um, calling those out as well, and, and making the right reads on on a drop man or a, you know any of those type of odd switch switches you'll see from a defense to try to confuse them. And and you saw him handle that perfectly. And, and again, I hope he's able to continue this momentum. But yeah, I think him getting his revenge is a big part, but also. And we're continuing to see this, this Detroit team just absolutely ready to beat somebody up. Like it feels like they're, they're, they're ready to go into a five round championship UFC bout. Like they're going into a title bout here again in the heavyweight against Daniel Cormier every single night. Like, they're very, ready. To
1: look at the caps like, yeah, they're yeah, probably yeah. Of
0: the Dan Campbell. It's, it's fantastic. I, I enjoy watching the, what the Lions did. And honestly, yeah, you you talk about Puka. I mean, come on, man, uh, for the Rams. It's been, been a fantastic season for him. Um, Definitely well-deserving of all the accolades coming his way and probably the future contract extension he's going to earn um, very soon. Uh, you just got to imagine that. That'll happen if he has another year like this. Um, very quick two-year extension conversation, uh, you can imagine. Um, but, yeah, not not too bad. And Kyron Williams, like I said, uh, coming back healthy after last year's ACL situation. Um, I think it was ACL, maybe Achilles. I, don't I can never remember which one it was for him. But, yeah, it's... Great to see him. Great to see them healthy. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't win this one, but it was like, all right, well, if I have to choose who's going to win, I want the Lions to win between these two. I want to see Jared Goff get and we all got to see that. So now we get to see
1: the next step of Jared Goff's career. Can he beat Baker Mayfield? That's going to be a battle of number one overall picks, but not on the teams that drafted them. I, a fun twist there. I, th- I will say, I think people looked at it as they as Goff was like that weak link to the trade, but I we always kind of looked at it as like, it's not necessarily that Goff is bad, it's just like, there's Stafford right there. And when you look at McVay's offense, it's quarterback friendly, but it's very Stafford skill set friendly with those yes. shots and the, that sort of thing where golf is good. So he made, they made it work, but he fits better with like what this Lions offense is, how it's built. Like they're built differently. Than, that. Like you look at Jimmy Garoppolo is with a uh, Kyle Shannon, obviously it works, but Brock Purdy, it works a lot better like that. There's certain guys just fit with things better, even if it is quarterback friendly as well. But either way, it's going to be fun watching them go forward. And, the Rams, for the first time since they took Jared Goff, have a first-round pick this year. As of right now, they could get rid of it at any moment. But oh, that's out, that the world.
0: world. They might be trading it here soon.
1: You never know. But as of right now, for the first time since they took Jared Goff, their last game of the year is to Jared Goff, and now they have a first-round pick. So, you know, it's a fun circle oh. there. But as we're running low on run time, we do have one last one we want to touch base on. You touched base on it earlier. Houston and the Stroud Boys not only take it to Cleveland, but Cleveland could not handle the truth. An absolute 45 to 14 or something ridiculous. Flacco with Flacco scored as many points for Houston as he did for Cleveland. Kareem Hunt had a couple touchdowns. CJ Stroud was fantastic. Nico Collins outstanding. I don't know if this is more of how awesome the Houston is, which yes, they they are pretty awesome. And on top of it, how I don't want to say bad Cleveland was, but how bad Cleveland is on the road, especially that defense, the 32nd ranked defense on the road compared to number one at home. Just absolutely and just asinine, honestly. This was the game that I think would have made sense if it was like Detroit and and uh, the sorry Detroit and the Rams. That's what this game should have been, but instead we got what Dallas and Green Bay was supposed to be. Weirdly enough, like it is just it's a weird musical chairs of results. But good for Houston. It's I don't I think it's gonna be a different story with the old Browns now okay, with, taking on the Ravens. Like the it's a di- it's gonna be a different story coming up. But good on Houston. What a turnaround they've had as well too. Absolutely outstanding. CJ Stroud. Arguably the best rookie quarterback we've seen in a long time. Tamiko Ryan's coach of the year. Bobby Slovic going Slovic going to be a head coach in this league if not in a few weeks, next year guaranteed. He should he should one hundred percent. He's they got something cooking there in Houston. The AFC South could be fun for a while. Agree. Yeah, Bobby Slovic he needs to be a head coach by the end of twenty twenty
0: five. If he's not a head coach by the end of twenty twenty five, and I do mean the end of twenty twenty five, not the end of the twenty twenty five or twenty twenty four season. In the twenty no, I mean like the end of the twenty twenty five calendar year. So maybe during the middle of twenty twenty four. I don't
1: know. Well he might be like, a coach in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean realistically it's probably not a, yeah. Uh I mean, whenever if they ever get if they get bounced prior to the the Super Bowl, um you expect it then, or if he does if they don't, if they make it to the Super Bowl, you expect it during that off week before the Super Bowl when everybody gets hired. Um but yeah, I mean D'Mico Ryan's this team from worse to well, now you're playing the number one overall team in the playoffs uh, in Baltimore. Good luck. Um, uh, but really, I mean now what they did cj stroud setting a record for rookie and playoff rookie performance in a playoff game uh i mean overall it was just a fantastic appearance and and talk about a fan base that deserves this in houston um and another fan base who just gets to experience more misery i I feel bad for cleveland fans similar to kind of how i feel bad for philly fans that's that's a sucky way to go out but when you think about the grand scheme of things all the injuries that came to play for cleveland throughout the year how you made it this far with the record you had i don't know um, but similar to the way the Steelers made the playoffs, I just don't know how that happened either. Um, but you know what? It, it had to happen sometime, and unfortunately, it's happening to the Houston team that everybody's like, "Oh, now you lost to the team that was worse last year." And it's not like that. This team was actually really well coached. This team, is, uh, you know, they're young but they're talented players. Uh, Will Anderson led the league in pressures. Uh, didn't didn't really get any sacks, but he led the league in QB pressures or QB hurries and and throughout the year. So it's like, all right, well, not He's a bad the- start for for a rookie, and and you have. CJ Stroud on the other side of the ball, who throughout the regular season is the should be unanimous rookie of the year. Um, you know, there's always going to be that one guy who, who decides to mess it up, but it honestly, probably could be a you know, finish fifth in the MVP voting type of conversation. He was that good, minus the injury. Uh, yeah, I think Houston showcased what they're really able to do. D'Amico Ryans, we'll see if he can get him ready for what's to come in Baltimore. Uh, well, that's a much different conversation. You had a, a very stable Joe Flacco, now you get a very active Lamar Jackson. Um, how do you handle that? We'll wait and see. But, uh, yeah, I think for Houston, this was, a, a, you know, a, a great start for hopefully a
1: better future for Houston. The only thing we're missing is if it was Deshaun Watson at quarterback so we could have that battle royale again as well, too, like the former team battle royal. That's the only thing that I think would have made more of a cherry on top of this match is if you could have had the returning to Houston almost sort of feel to it and not just the regular season game against a tanking team last year. But this year, a competitive team with your successor who you are also friends with like that would be that would just had another dynamic it would be made- the score to be 64 to 14. Um that's a different story there as well. Yeah. But like I, w- I will say that was a Cleveland will be fine moving forward. They got some work to do in this offseason because this was kind of the year salary cap wise player wise personnel wise they got some work to do to make it happen. Houston, you still got a first round pick even though it's not your own if I'm not mistaken. I think they have Cleveland's this year. So you know what this helps you out in both ways as well. And in it- and Arizona Damn, you thought you're gonna have two top five picks that come after that trade last year to get Houston's. And unfortunately now one of them is gonna be in the 20s. But either I'm way, offensive lineman for next year. You know what? That there's that too as well. So you know what? If you're Houston, the future is definitely looking bright. Although this week we're looking forward to them in Baltimore. But that's gonna do it for this wild card recap main event. And we're gonna move quickly into Kelsey's favorite part of every show. That's crunch time, brought to you by Outlier. Go and use outlier.bet backslash low sports and Go and get yourself a free seven-day trial to bet smarter, not harder. Kelsey, you can go ahead and lead the way here with crunch time.
0: Yeah, so the tide is moving out. Um, If you guys don't know, obviously, if you missed the storylines, Nick Saban retiring um, from Alabama, and they have hired Kalen DeBoer. Uh, If you guys don't know who that name is or it sounds familiar, Washington head coach most recently in the college football playoff finals, the losers, unfortunately, in that game to Michigan. But he does get to do get to move on into the role as the new head coach of Alabama. But he will not have the same players, it looks like, from this year. And it is open season on players coming out of Bama right now. Uh, the, the portal is wide open. Uh, we just saw one of the starting corners from this most recent Alabama team transfer to Auburn, of all places which works for me on top of that. There's another six to seven names that started last year, offense and defense that are have announced that they are entering their name in the portal. We don't know where they're going yet, but there are rumors that many of these players will end up somewhere else. Um, Maybe big 12, maybe big 10. We don't know, but it's going to be one of the big three, obviously going forward, Uh, maybe ACC for some of these guys, but it does present a question going forward for the success of Kalen DeBoer. What? they can do. He has put his coaching staff in place. now Uh, there are a lot of coaches from Washington. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, check it out. Just, you know, searching anywhere on Twitter or anything like that. Um, The the whole staff is, is is up there, but yeah, it's very interesting to see how he'll perform now as the first coach since Nick Saban, as we talked about, nobody wants to be that next coach. Um, But I think Kalen DeBoer is a good coach for this. I don't know if he's ready for this, Uh, but if there's a coach that was not a sec coach, that was, Going to take this challenge on i feel like it was going to be him and i think this is the right time for him um so yeah I, I i like the move getting him in there for bama but uh yeah i don't know how great it's going to be when all those players leaving he's going to have to reach into that portal and, and try to drag some some kids back
1: i wish you to stay to washington personally as well too i think he was a better fit there i think he would have had a better sooner chance at a national championship if that makes sense i think what he built at washington people were kind of following that and the way he left was a little Abrupt, I guess, and is how it's looked in some ways. So I think it's going to take them a little bit longer to get Bama back. To, and you're following Nick Saban. Like, good luck yeah. with that. Like, have fun with that. No one wants to. I digress. But that's it's definitely. Question: Who was the second?
0: Who was the next coach after Bear Bryant? Does anybody know? Nobody. Exactly. Who was the next coach after Bo Shembl? Shembl? Beckler.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Why I wouldn't want to follow the Nick Saban years. Nobody knows. Here's why I wouldn't want to follow Nick Saban, especially when you have a net. Na- you just weren't a national championship in Washington. That's not going to the Big Ten. Like you, I would have stayed if I were him, and I think some of the things that were reported coming out of there as well, he should have stayed. But I digress. The tides are definitely turning down in Birmingham, so we're we'll, Tuscaloosa. I Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah, I mean you're you're not far off. It's about yeah. forty five minutes if you drive on that interstate like everybody else does.
1: Tides are turning. in Alabama is all we're getting at right now. But yeah. basically, that I agree with you. It's definitely gonna be interesting to to take a look there. But and rounding out crunch time here, we got ourselves up some movement in the NBA. as Pascal Siakam, all star with the Raptors getting traded to the Indiana Pacers for Buddy Heald and basically draft picks as well. And we both had Indiana as kind of our surprise playoff team. Unfortunately, we didn't even coagulate it, just kind of happened. We both liked it. Now you pair him with Tyrese Halliburton along my side Miles Turner. I like the fill. a lot. I think he's a perfect power forward type to fit next to Miles Turner. The pick and roll with Tyrese Halliburton is going to be phenomenal. Plus, I think if something. Halliburton's in foul trouble per se. Or he misses against the Yakim's. You could put him out there and say, go get us 25 and 10. And he's capable of doing that. Not consistently, but he's capable of that. So I like the move a lot for Indiana to kind of maybe propel. It's a they're going to have to re sign him at the end of the year. Otherwise, it's a rental. So that is kind of those trades always kind of suck. But you want to compete with Boston, Milwaukee, and those teams down the stretch and at the at the end of the season. I think this is the type of move you have to make at this point. I, I like the fit personally. Yeah, I mean, you definitely see Toronto trying to ship
0: out anybody who costs them any money right now, um, getting ready for the next season of free agency. But, yeah, I think uh, this is a situation where Siakam, it's, it's very interesting, right? He's he has he's been rumored for a couple teams, uh, rumors, one of them being Sacramento. Uh, the issue being he straight, flat out told Sacramento, I will not be resigning. Um, despite them being a good team, a quality team, a playoff team, uh, and now he's going to Indiana, who is none of those things uh, on on paper. They are a good team. They are a good young team, but you're also losing your best shooter. You're also losing Bruce Brown, who is like the best utility player in this trade. Um, so those are two pieces missing. That that is interesting. Um, we'll see if Siakam can fill that role. We all know he can go score. He's maybe Giannis in a lot of ways uh, in in his abilities on the on the court. It's not as fine tuned as Giannis, but he can at least shoot a three occasionally. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how well I think this fit is. I think it's an interesting one. Um, for Indiana's sake, I hope they can re sign him because he is a good player. I'm not going to say he's not a good player. I think he's a good, like you said, go out there and get to 20 a night as a, you know, second, third option. That's fine. Um, as a first option, occasionally, yes, I'm okay with that. First option, 100% of the time, like he was in Toronto, no, that was not how it was supposed to be. Uh, so I think it's a good move for Siakam just to get into a position where he could potentially end up a, playoff contender and a playoff team and actually maybe make a run at the finals. I think the talent's there. It's just a matter of actually getting on the same page. I do think you need to go find another shooter though. If you're Indiana, you need to get a shooter to to offset that. Um, And uh, nothing. I mean, like I'm not saying buddy Hill was always the answer, but it was a better answer than nothing right now. uh, I think (laughs) it's the best way I'm trying to say that. So yeah, I think it's a good move. It's just maybe not my best landing spot for him. I think there were some better landing spots potentially for him. I just, you know, Whatever
1: it, it is, what it is. Hopefully, you can resign him, Indiana. We'll see, Indiana. Yeah, I like the Pacers. I think they have a quality team there. I think it could be a good fit too. And I, th- I like what they have going there. And you know, what? maybe he just didn't want to go pay the California taxes after playing the Toronto taxes his entire career. Maybe that's why he chose Indiana. He's like, you know what? No, no more, no more of this. And or he, and he wanted to see Miles Turner's under. Lego collection in person, which I can't blame him for that.
0: I mean, also he doesn't have to play center anymore for his team. That's exactly. a big part of it, and he gets. A big thing that I think helps him here is now he gets a lot of pressure taken off because Tyrese is there Um, because you have Halliburton because you have miles Turner. Those two guys are going to take the main two fiddles and you're going to be second fiddle. Really? You're going to be Tobias Harris. Now,
1: Uh, not Tobias Harris with the Clippers. <laughs> where he was asked to do everything. I mean, so. Exactly. I think we'll see. how definitely see how it plays out in the East, which is oddly competitive right now at the top. Everyone's chasing the Celtics. It feels like for sure though, but that's going to do it here for this edition of the high low sports podcast. We're happy you all here able to join us. Tier Tuesdays will return next week as well too for those those of you who do we're looking for it this week it will return next week as well we'll have some now that the NFL season's over we'll start throwing a little bit of variety in some of those Tier Tuesdays and mixing yeah. up a bit as well so you definitely want to stick around for some of the things we have coming up I'll say don't forget that'll be over on Belly Up Sports YouTube page next week
0: so be sure to check it out we'll still upload it we'll still have, you know provide the links through our social medias uh, but going forward we'll at least put one of these episodes out a month on Tier Tuesday uh, over on the Belly Up page. Uh, Just to kind of see how that goes. But we'll see. Um, Be a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. Well, appreciate y'all for joining us here. We will see you all again next week.